by Riverside. That's right, Conway T. I'm back on the mic here with my co-host Rudds and Wade. And of course, we had no Premier Well, I stand corrected. We had one Premier League game this weekend. Very, very unforgettable indeed. Of course, I think it was Burnley drawing with the mighty Watford in the relegation battle. That ended nil all, but did put in an interesting uh, clean sheet statistic for Watford. That was the first one. And old old Roy Hodgson came back and, and managed to get that clean sheet. So he's already making uh, some moves out there at Watford, of course. Of course, we had plenty of FA Cup action. And you know what, folks? We're going to keep this show as interesting and open as possible. Go across the world, maybe touch on the AFCON, touch on a bit of the stuff coming up in the midweek. And of course, touch on maybe the first one we'll start it is Old Trafford. And of course, we have our resident United supporter who is going to tell us how great this performance was and all the improvements. Rads, good to have you back. What's happening? Middlesbrough? Huh? Did they re-sign Ravinelli or what's what's going on there? Yeah. Yeah, look, it, it's a it's a poor result, but there um, there's a lot to be. <laughs> um, yeah, look, Bant is one thing, but I think you look at it in terms of what you see as improvements and what's happening on the park and how United plays. So I think I'd be more concerned if United won that game, but really still played poorly. I think that would be a major concern because. Um, you need to see an upturn. United had like 30 shots, 22 shots in the tar- um, in the box. Ronaldo missed the penalty, two posts. Bruno Fernandes missed open goals. You know, I, I, the way United played was actually really, really promising. That Middlesbrough goal should have never stood. Um, you know, that that was that that was shambolic in itself. But um, you know, we shouldn't depend on a decision like that anyway to to beat Middlesbrough. There was enough. United should have been out four or five. I'm, I'm not exaggerating by saying four or five up by half time so it's one of those results that happen in football where you know one team is clearly dominant but there's a there's a, a team that rides their luck and get gets a result but there's a lot to to be pleased about in in, in that result so there's nothing nothing for me to be concerned about I'd, like i said i'd be a lot more concerned if united had played poorly um had conceded a lot of chances and opportunities there was a lot of control in that game um there's a lot of good things so let's see what happens tomorrow uh, Wade, you concur with that? Do you think United were just unlucky on the day? Did you manage to catch any of the game and see what, what transpired at Old Trafford? Nah, I'd be lying if I said I watched it. I caught, I think, the last 10, 15 minutes you. of uh, extra time and then I watched the penalties. Um, but look, you can be happy with the performance or or see positive things. Like, I get all that. But, I mean, this is Manchester United at home against Middlesbrough. Like, you've got to win this game. You know what I mean? It's... It's one thing having the shots on target. It's another thing putting a ball in the net. You know, that's the hardest thing to do in the game. So, and, and this is a United team. I'm looking at the lineup now. That's like a full-string team. It doesn't get much stronger than that. I mean, outside of De Gea maybe comes in for Henderson, Rudds. That's a full-strength lineup that you got there, you know? So... Yeah, it is. It is. But but like, you know, you're saying goals, are, goals win games. But in terms of, you know... We've been really critical about what Ragnik's doing and, you know, when we're going to see how he plays. 
that was a Ragnik team. That's the way he wants to play. And the team created a bag load of chances. And it's the execution. You know, you got players like Ronaldo, Bruno Fernandes, Rashford, Jaden Sancho that are missing clear cut chances that they that they wouldn't normally. So players that are a little bit off, but I think there's yeah. I, I no. can't see how you don't get the positives. I think it's, it's a really shit result. I think there's no doubt about it. It's a shit result. Yeah. It's a it's a team from the championship that uh, you should be beating. But these these results happen. You know that that year that. Liverpool um, won the league. Was it Watford that beat them? Like, and even in that game, Watford should have never think, won that game. I think and in this results case, like that, though, that happens. Because uh, there's so, been some games under Rangnick where I think you guys have scraped results. You know, the performances haven't been great. And then you get a game like this where, okay, you created chances, but ultimately didn't, didn't create enough to win the game. Or at least the finishing was poor. Um, I think it speaks to where United are at now. You know what I mean? And I don't think Ragnik has had the effect that people thought he was going to have. Um, I don't think the results have been good enough. I mean, it's been a little bit up and down. Yeah, you expect to get a lot of chances against Middlesbrough at home. It's something you have to expect. But you've got to win this game. You've got to put them to bed. Yeah, look, United yeah. lose a game on penalties and it's the end of the world. But look, um, ultimately... Ragnik's results have been good enough. I think he's lost one game. Was it, He's taken a possible, what, 17 out of 19 points in the league. United are in fourth. And yeah, something like that. And um, United are in fourth position and they were far away from fourth position when he came in. So, you know, as much as you can be critical about what he's doing and all you're seeing is, for me, the performances since the second half of, of mm. the Brentford game have been really impressive. Really impressive. And you're starting to see what he's all about. And you're starting to see what he wants and how the team's so getting control and how they're creating the and what they're doing. So, you know, if you look at it from that angle, yeah. So, those, like, you know, when, when Klopp came, there were some results where, I think, was it the, remind me, Con, was it West Brom, uh, where it was 3-3 three, and 2-2 um, or whatever. But, but you could see exactly what they're, you know, it's a shit result. But as a fan, you're like, I can see what's going on here. And that's what I can see now. I can see what he's trying to do. Now, and then again, we play Burnley, who tomorrow, who have tough kept to break down. quite a few clean Very sheets this year. They've held a lot of teams to 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 null null. So it's going to be blocks of four. And then if United are, if our strikers and our attacking line is, are, are still in the same vein of form where they're starting to find the back of the net, you know, that could be a disappointing result. So we've got to make sure... We find some form in the... Look, Rad, I just want to re- uh, rectify or just um, make a comment, just to make it very clear. Ragnik has dropped a total of uh, seven points. So it's yeah, not I thought that sounded... Out of 19. Uh, there were, sounded there were a couple insane. of draws there. You guys drew with Newcastle and Aston Villa, and you also lost to Wolves. But having said that, now, uh, look, uh, rivalries aside... The Middlesbrough game looked like one of those games. You guys could have been standing with an open goal and he probably kicked it over. That's the kind of game it looked like it was. Mm. Um, Having said that, you should dominate Middlesbrough. You should probably be all over them. And I don't know what happened on the day when Ronaldo missed a penalty. So maybe it was just one of those uh, basket cases of a game where nothing would go wrong and you could play for three hours. Similar to that Leicester game where we lost to them 1-0. I felt like we could play for the next four days and we probably wouldn't have scored a goal. So... I guess with United, unfortunately, each turning point or each step forward looks like it's three steps back the next time. So 
that's the challenge United kind of face now. Will it be good enough for the top four, Wade? Or do you think you are you confident, I guess, in Arsenal now when you see United and these little slip-ups here and there? And of course, Arsenal are, are in a, you know, if we're honest, in a bit of a terrible run of form themselves. Um, obviously being knocked out of the FA Cup, you know, not scoring a goal in, in, in January. Um, and then, of course, Rod's brought up the other week, making no signings. What do you make of this battle with four? Um, and do you think it's it's directly between you and United? Um, I don't think we've been in too bad a run of form, to be honest, Connell. Like, I'm just looking now. We've lost... We drew our last game. We lost the game before that, and we won a tear before that. We won three in a row. I think we scored... We beat West Ham 2-0. Um, we beat Leeds 4-1. We beat Norwich 5-0. City, we were down to 10 men, and we played very well. They scored a late winner to actually uh, for that one. And then against Burnley, we probably had a game similar to what Man United had against Middlesbrough. Absolutely dominated them, sustained periods of pressure, just couldn't score against them. They, they, they defend really well. So I like our form. I, like, I think we turned a corner after the bad start that we had um early on and it's only been upwards from there so i really like where we're going i mean it's it's going to be a battle because the teams so no issue no issue with the 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 forest and the fa nah, result or the nah, league cup semi-final nah, not at all not too fast not at all to be honest uh i think we we've no no we had a lot of players those, out those we had games, we had injuries we had party you, out we had tomiyasu out we had a lot of injuries in that period we're coming into a, a space now where we got pretty much everyone back. Um, I think Tommy Yas is actually the only person that's out now, but everyone else is back. If we can maintain our discipline and stay and keep 10, 11 players on the field, I think we'll be fine. I like our form. I really do. And like I mentioned in, a, in an earlier pod, we've been to United, we've been to Liverpool, we've been to City, we've been to all the big grounds. So we've got a lot of home games. Our home form has been second best to only City this year. We've been really strong at home. So I'm, I'm actually feeling really confident going into these last 17 games of the season. The only team I'd say that I think will might or might push us would maybe be Spurs. And that's solely because they've got Conte managing them. It's not even what I've seen. I haven't really been impressed with them. But because of the Conte factor, they could put together a run where they, they get results and push us. But I think West Ham are going to drift away, and I don't know. I haven't seen enough from United under Angnick to suggest that they're going to find some consistency. So I think it's between us and Spurs. Interesting, interesting. We'll touch on that a little bit later. I want to jump back to the FA Cup and just talk about some of the surprise results that maybe happened. Anybody surprised? Lampard hit the ground running, 4-1 win at home. All of a sudden, Everton scoring goals. Uh, maybe we'll just cover off all three. Of course, your team, Wolves, Rudds, losing at home to lowly Norwich um, and being knocked out of the cup. And, of course, Leicester. You know, I've read some articles now talking about uh, is Brendan Rodgers' time up? You know, he actually called out his players quite uh, publicly in a way, saying that some of them need to prove that they actually still belong at this at this club. So them be fighting words, as they say. But those those three results probably stand out. Yeah, there's a few players in the Leicester team that are coming to the end of their contracts. Um, so there's going to be a big reshuffle there. And the question is, is Brendan Rodgers then the man to take them through um, through that reshuffle? Um, and can he do it? Because it's probably, in terms of the challenge for him, massive. So I think at the end of the season, it may be a good time for him to take stock 
um, and have a look at, at what roles may be available because his name still has some sort of weight. Um, so some of these high-profile jobs come come up, and you know um, he's, he's a he's a shoo-in. So he might he for him he probably needs to think really carefully what he does next. So um, King Power or a hospitality or, or tourism company, right? So. Um, the money has not been there through um, due to COVID. Um, so that's one of the industries that's been hardest hit. So they won't be able to dig into the coffers to, to spend millions um, to reshuffle their squad. They don't have as much money as the likes of Everton, Loop, uh, Newcastle, Aston Villa. You know, these are teams that, um, th- those teams that are normally in and around them or even below them um, now have more spending power. So, you know, it's, it's a massive challenge whoever comes in massive challenge um and if, if you know i'm saying who comes in like he's already walking away but for brendan rogers that's a massive yeah i mean rod's touched on it there there where it looks like you know all is not well at leicester for sure um and you know there could be things happening it it, it makes the loss that we had to them a little bit painful and they've actually beaten us three times in a row and who knows they could go and end up doing the exact same thing in this midweek game because leicester are a team like that that turns it on at different points what did you make of, um, you probably didn't catch the game, but I imagine you saw the results. Lampard hitting the ground, running there at, at Everton. Uh, did we, were we too harsh on the chap uh, a couple of weeks back? Or do you think there's maybe uh, maybe something to Lampard with this Everton team? Well, he's got a big challenge on his hands. Um, you know, Everton have looked average this year, really struggled under Rafa. So I think it's too early to say we were harsh on him. He's, let's see how he ends the season. Um, they he could be in a relegation battle where Everton are 16, 19 points, only four points clear of... Uh, well, they have a huge, huge midweek game against Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. Who have signed uh, about a million players during this trial. Massive, tournament. massive game. So this is going to be a real test for Frank. I mean, I have to say, I'm probably a little bit fearful for the guy, if anything, because um, can you imagine Everton in a relegation battle going down? I mean... <laughs> When was the last time Everton went down, Rudds? You'd, you'd probably know this. Like, ah, the whole time I've been watching the Prem, I can't remember Everton ever being relegated. Wow. Yeah, they haven't been so, relegated in the Premier League era. Yeah, they'd be back so, in the... The pressure. Like, Imagine that pressure as well. well. And, you know, the Everton fans, you know, they've already shown they, they, they're quite frustrated at the moment. Like, they're not going to be patient with this guy, you know. So, he's got a massive job on his hands. I don't know. It's a good start for him. I think uh, Van der Beek and Ali, they, they'll be two players that have something to prove. Uh, and if they can, you know, at least perform to a reasonable level, it gives him a couple of decent options there. But I think he's got a, I think he's got a struggle on his hands this year, if I'm being honest. Well, just for that stat, Everton were last relegated in 1950. <sighs> wow. <laughs> so the pressure is truly on. And look... Uh, you know, maybe I was a bit cheeky with that uh, comment about his win. Brentford are in horrible form, number one. Number two, he is not going to be judged on any FA Cup runs. Uh, whether they go on and win the bloody FA Cup, uh, I don't even think that would save him if they got relegated from the Premier League. So it's very interesting times ahead. I do want to give a little shout out to, I don't know if you guys saw the result, but of course, Bournemouth uh, losing to a non-league team. Uh, have you ever heard of this name, gents? Uh, the team that beat Bournemouth, funnily enough, uh, the, it also starts with Bore. Boreham Wood is the name of the club. Boreham Wood FC beat, 
the championship team um, 1-0. I'll tell you what, the FA Cup does still stir up a couple of surprise results now and then. And the magic of the cup certainly exists. Um, interesting draw for the next round. I guess no real so surprises in terms of um, major clashes. But um, it'll be interesting to see where the FA Cup heads now, now that, you know, the likes of United and, and of course, Arsenal are out. You're just left with the, the big clubs like Liverpool City and Chelsea ultimately competing. And Spurs, of course, still hanging in there. West Ham and then, of course, Everton also as well. So we'll definitely watch the space and see how the cup unfolds. Um, you guys catch match of the, the last week or so of the African nations and, and semifinals and finals that was going on there. Rads, uh, of course, Senegal coming out on top. What did you make of the whole tournament? Uh, you, I know you would have watched a couple of games here and there. What did you make of the showpiece for African football? Yeah, I think it was a good tournament. I think, um, obviously, they're, they're blighted by the stampede where there were a number of lives lost. Um, so that's obviously not something that's not not good for the game and for the the continent but the tournament itself and the way Cameroon hosted um, was was exceptional um, I watched quite a few of the games and I thought the quality was quite good I was actually talking to Wade about the final I thought that it was a high quality game I think Senegal um, were the best team in the tournament the way they played not just in the in the final but they were the better team on the day as well uh, I thought the South African ref was actually quite exceptional the way he he, he um, saw the game out, and hopefully we can get that referee coming to the Premier League. That'll be nice. Uh, so, I mean, we've had plenty of South African players over the years. It'd be good to get a, a, a SA ref in there. And, you know, congratulations to to Senegal um, on winning the African continent's premium uh, title. And, of course, the story of, of, of Mane and, you know, fulfilling his dream as a child and, you know, making some comments on uh, about the, the winning the African nations and what it means to him, and he would... You know, it surpasses anything he's ever won at Liverpool. And I would say, I fully understand that and totally get it. When you can represent your country and take home that prize, um, especially for someone of, uh, you know, Mane's upbringing, I think it's plaudits to him. So good on them and a great tournament. And of course, now they'll be back, hopefully, for the for the Leicester game and back into the Premier League. I think, um, um, I'm just sorry to cut you off, I think a lot of people have no a worries. bit of a, a soft spot for Senegal because I remember when they burst onto the scene yeah. um, in that World in Cup, was, yeah, World 2002, Cup. and uh, they played, yeah, yeah, they played some nice stuff and it's like, who are these guys? I think it was their first World Cup they'd made as well. Um, yeah. It was, yeah. They got to the quarterfinals. Al-Haji yeah, Juf, yeah. Well, that's yeah, a little bit Al-Haji Juf. Al-Haji And I was reading the story about their coach today, Ali Usise, I think, who was involved yeah. in that game. Uh, he was in the Mr. Penalty, yeah. And then Mr. he's penalty? just, he's been involved pretty much every step of the way up until now. So what a moment for him yeah. as well from that journey, from pretty much unknowns to champions of Africa. It's a, it's a really good story. It's yeah. brilliant. Yeah. There's a video of him or like a little gif of him. I don't know if it's from the African Cup of Nations or the World Cup where he's celebrating a goal, <laughs> but he looks like a Street Fighter character. So he's like, I've got to send, I'll put it on the, we'll put it on the uh, social media. Kind of like, uh, <laughs> like a victory sort of, you know, he's clearly looking to the camera and celebrating. It's hilarious. Great story and a great way to end the tournament. 
Well, boys, of course, we've back to Premier League action. I know I, for one, have missed it and I've been uh, waiting for its return. But, of course, we've got a full catalogue of fixtures this week. You know, West Ham taking on Watford. Newcastle with the Battle of the Basement there with Newcastle and Everton fighting it out. Will Newcastle pull them further in? Burnley, United, potential banana skin there for United. Uh, can't score goals. And, of course, Burnley are pretty much the same. Norwich and Palace taking on each other. Should be a routine win for Man City against Brentford. Spurs taking on Southampton, who can take on the uh, the big boys. Of course, Villa and Leeds also going into battle. Wolves taking on the Gunners in a very, very, very tricky game. Um, and, of course, all fighting for those European spots. And, of course, as I mentioned before, Liverpool and Leicester. So, boys, what do we make of the midweek fixtures? Excited to have the Premier League back. Wade, your thoughts on these fixtures? And, uh, of course, they come in thick and fast now again with, with a lot of teams, with Champions League and Europa League resuming. There's, you know, that, that's going to help teams like Arsenal. No, no, um, not trying to be funny, but playing once a week, Arsenal refreshed. A lot of teams now are going to be battling out, catching up games. Is this uh, the opportunity to get a run together as well? Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's a good thing for us that we're only involved in this one competition because if you speak to some people, you'd think we'd only have seven first-team players available. So, <laughs> you know, it's good that we only play once a week now. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> I'm happy it's back, man. That two weeks was tough. We The boys went to Dubai uh, while everyone was playing cup football. So I was just like, oh, what's going on here? You don't usually... Um, you know, have something like that in the middle of the season. So, you know, we like the FA Cup. We've obviously got a good history uh, in the FA Cup, so it's disappointing not to be involved. But Wolves is going to be tough. Wolves have been so good this year. Um, if we get a result there, I think it sets us up well because we've got a run of fixtures coming up of very, very winnable games, you know, and we need to start well. Um, all the guys are fit again. Party will be back. Shaka's back. Um, I think it's just the one injury. So there's no excuses now. You know, one game one game a week pretty much till the end of the season. we got to put a good run together. So let's see. I don't, do, do, you, do you realize, I didn't even realize, I just had a look at the fiction. You play Wolves back-to-back um, in the league. Is it? I think there's a game in between. Or have they shifted... Have they shifted that game? Because yeah, I'm just there's a game in what... between. We play Brentford and then we play them again. Oh wow! Yeah. So yeah, that, I mean that's that's really tricky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Twice you got to play them home and away. Yeah, that was so. a rescheduled. It'll fixture. be interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, you look at United's fixtures, um, Rudds, and of course also a couple of tricky ones there, as we've said with Burnley, and you got Southampton and Leeds. You know, Southampton very tricky. So you know that that fourth spot is truly, truly wide open. Um, do you think potential potential banana skin here for you against Burnley? I mean, they are in dreadful form, but, you know, relegation fights are always um, bring the best out of teams sometimes. Yeah, I think they've conceded less goals than anyone in the bottom 10. I think there's a few teams in the top 10 that is, they've conceded less than. So they are a hard team to score against. Their problems on the other end of the pitch in terms of scoring goals, but they've got a new striker Back there. I believe that's how you say yeah. it. Yeah, you'll say that. <laughs> You'll say that better than I can. And Kone uh, is back as well. And he's been, and he actually looked good in the Watford game as well. Um, you know, he's one of those shoot on site. And I know um, he forced a really good save on from Ben Foster. So there's definitely a threat there. And they, they're hard to, to, to get by. I think um, 
on that same vein, United need to, um, you know, make sure that they continue um, their winning streak in the league. You know, they still think make it four and four or three and three, whichever whichever one. Um, so you know, it's it's a big one. Then confident into Southampton game, and then we've got Leeds. Um, is it Leeds? I don't think it's Leeds. Is it Leeds? Uh, what I'm seeing is yeah, Leeds and um, Watford. That's the run. That's the run I have. Okay. Oh look, but they're all winnable. They're all winnable games, but those are the ones where you can get surprises coming in. So, um, I know our March fixtures are very, very tough. Uh, so we got to make sure we, we we try to maximize this month in terms of the games. Yeah, I mean, and we also, away. of course, have the return of the Champions League. Um, so you know, Europe is back on. You know, I look at Liverpool, Chelsea, obviously United will be playing those two games a week, every week. You know, squad depth is obviously going to come into it and tired legs and so forth. So I think it's going to be a big push until the end of the season. Mm. Um, the, the one thing to maybe add for United is Paul Pogba was back. He played almost 90 minutes against Middlesbrough and he looked really good. Um, so he looks like he'll be a different start in the Ragnik system. So he's timed his return to um, put himself out, uh, for the window, for the last three-month window. Yeah, yeah and, and and if he does that, doesn't matter if it's for the window, it means good news for United. You know, if he if he wants to get a move to Real Madrid or Barcelona or or PSG, he's got to perform. Um, and if he's performing, it's only good news for United. So um, let's see let's see what he brings. I think there's this there's still a contract offer from United for him, um, and he hasn't declined it yet. But you know, anyone in that position would do would do the same in terms of you've got opportunity then to to see what else is in the market and what what you can get, and you know whether you can get. Um, a, a big, better role or more significant role or more money, um, then, then you take that. So, look, that's a positive. Cavani and Lingard weren't involved against Middlesbrough, but they are, are back involved um, tomorrow. So those are uh, positive signs. So, um, yeah, look, United squad. Oh, so they keep saying. Mm. Um, we just got to make sure. <laughs> yeah, we're very much deep enough. So this is where the rubber meets the road, this part, this end of the season. So, I'm still quite confident United will finish in top four. Uh, United had a dreadful first half of the season, and they find themselves in fourth now. And I and I definitely think they'll have a much better right, you, second half of the season. It can't get any worse. You than, would be than, confident than if United were dead last and they'd still finish in the top four. So you're a confident man. But I do want to give a shout out to one man who's who called it years ago, and he, you know, I see it happening season after season, more and more, basically with every every player now in the game is running down contracts and ultimately being a free agent. It is happening. It is ramping up. Arsene Wenger said it. It could have been about five years ago um, where he made the statement that this will be something that will become a norm in football. And it certainly is. The amount of players running down contracts, ultimately putting themselves out in the open market, um, kind of shows where the game is headed. And I guess, um, you know, almost to a degree, how much power the player actually has in the modern game. Massive small risk massive. for massive reward, right? Because if that player yeah. does get injured, um, yeah, that's their career done. You know, you don't have a contract, and there's no guarantee you'll be the player you were before. So, I mean, but how often I does think that the, happen? the risk that you talk Not about there, Rods, would be um, with the players who probably aren't don't have as big a name or 
um, aren't the really best players. Like the best players can afford to do that. They'll probably still get the deals. But when it's the players who maybe aren't on that level, yeah. that's a bit mm. of a risk. You know what I mean? But it generally would be the guys that are in demand that will wait until their contracts run. I think you can put a lot, a lot of that down to LeBron James, actually. He started doing that in the NBA a long time ago. And the player power now in the NBA is ridiculous. Guys basically go to whatever teams they want to instead of just getting traded. Yeah. Um, but yeah, player power is, is, is massive these days for sure. Oh, I think we'll see, you know, I know it's a, it's not a big percentage, Rudge, but it is a much bigger percentage than it's yeah. ever been before. And oh, I guess what I'm saying is where the game is headed, that is going to happen more and more and more. Because to your point, very little risk to the player, but huge reward mm. if they're mm. able to pull it off. Yeah, I mean, you have players like Lacazette in, in running down his contract, Lingard, yeah. so they, got... they're not at that. Yeah, uh, they are actually plenty in this. Yeah, I mean, look at Lingard. I, I still, yeah, you are scoring goals for fun at West Ham last year. You're finally back in. You're probably going to get in the England team, all this sort of stuff. And you probably, you know, looking like the player that you know they spoke about at United. And he, oh, no, I'll go back to United. And he only has one year left. So, you contract, guys haven't offered him a new deal, Lingard, or you have six months. Oh, so he's refusing there's, the there's deal. deal. Wow, he doesn't okay. want a new deal. And I think so he, he it's wants, like he just went he back wants, to get paid and then no, roll he, out. So yeah. it's, it's not about refusing. I think, well, he expected to have a bigger role with Oli this season. That's what the discussion was. So he was coming back to have a bigger role. Um, West Ham did make an offer for him. So United rejected it because they thought he was an important part uh, of the squad. Um, he was disappointed mm. with the amount of time he has he, he did get um, under Ole, and then obviously now is, is wanting to move. But I, I don't have any sympathy for him. So there's a lot of there's a lot of uproar about mm. United not letting him go to Newcastle. Um, so Newcastle wanted him; he wanted to go, um, but that's not the full story. So he initially didn't want to go to Newcastle. But they offered him, I think, double his wage to go. Um, and then, of course, he is going to go. But he doesn't want to go on a permanent because mm. he doesn't know if Newcastle will be in the league next year. So he only wants to go on loan. So why, what incentive is there for United to, to, to send him to Newcastle? If you want to go, to, if you're so desperate to, Newcastle, to go to Newcastle, yeah. let them make a bid and you go there permanently. So, you know, um, you, can't, you can't have it both ways. So I, I don't really have much sympathy on, on that end for him. And he's going to be in the squad now. He's going to get some Great. game time, particularly mm. because of what's happened to um, Greenwood. So, so and with Donny van der Beek and Martial going, you know, he plays anywhere across that front. Um, he can mm. play as an attacking midfielder. He can play on the left and play on the right. So that, that means game time for him. So he'll have enough time to to show his best foot forward for the market and for the World Cup. Um, I think that's also something on the players' radar. So, oh, that, um, that World yeah, Cup deserves a segment of its own, interrupting the Premier League season. I mean, I love the World Cup. Uh, I think it's the pinnacle. I enjoy watching it. But it's now crossed over the line and it's coming over to take over the Premier League and all leagues in the middle of the season is an absolute travesty. So the less said about it, the better. But we are going to transition out, lads, and we're going to head over, of course, to uh, the old mate over here. Everyone was pumped after last week's uh, trivia session and a lot of feedback from our uh, listeners. Um, you know, 
Greg Champion talking about. He, I noticed that uh, Riyadh's changed up the uh, the, uh, the, uh, the 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 trivia, and I, I really like it. You know, so um, really like it. He, Wade, he did mention you again, actually, and he thought you know very knowledgeable. I like the way you know Wade talks and he, the information he brings, yeah, and him yeah. and Rads and the little yeah, arguments they have. So. <laughs> there you go. There you go. He's uh, he's also very impressed with you, mind you, Riyadh. He goes on about the amount of research you do in uh, the, the trivia. And I just said, look, he just types in a name and he presses enter on Google and that, that's what pops up. But, uh... <laughs> it's, not, it's not as simple as that. He knows it. He knows it. And, you know, when we're looking at teammates, I want to track a player's entire playing history. And now with the quick hits, it's... Uh, it's it's more about me getting some um, insights into the Premier League and. Well, look, I will say this: he did up. say he did say uh, Connell, you just the shit starts on the show, and I said that's exactly my job. So, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so quick hits, gents. I'm ready this um, week. We know the rules. Last first week was an epic failure. You beat me like eight two or something. Okay. Which FA Leicester. Cup holder? Leicester City. Got eliminated by side. That was Connell. That was Connell. Okay. Which team conceded its 56th goal across competitions, Leicester. which is at least eight more than any other Premier League team? <laughs> Leicester. Oh, that is way. Wait, good at this one. Who equaled his personal record for most assists in the Trent Alexander-Arnold. With Ooh. assist number 15. He's on course Trent to smash the all-time record, mind you. Who has made the most 90th-minute sub-appearances All I'm going to tell Shire. History? Teddy Sheringham. This is a tough one. One matter. No. So this is coming on, oh, on, on the, the 90th minute. So with Solskjaer and others, <laughs> they were point. given a little bit more time to do yeah. some magic. Eddie and Ketia. Um, then, then, then a minute or two. Joe Gomez? No. No. He was a Man City player and now plays for Leicester. I can't even think of one. Vardy He's a striker. Idiacho. He's a striker. Yeah. Kilechi Iheanacho. All right. In January alone, Ramsdale. who made the most saves across the big five leagues? Mendy. Across the big five leagues? Not Mendy. Yeah. Yeah. He's from the Premier League, obviously, but the guy, uh, no no keeper in the big five leagues made more saves. Again. Oh, he it's was the there last week. 22 yeah. saves. <laughs> All right. There are only three players that have registered more assists before they turn 22 than Deli Ali. Cesc Fabregas is one. I'm looking for two more. What, Jack Wilshere? No. Frank Lampard? No. Can't no. Frank Lampard. Currently playing, I imagine, this player. One is playing, one is not. So Cesc Fabregas had 46. Deli Ali had 24. And who's the other, who's the other one? Trent? Oh, there's two Who's more. The two? Trent, yeah. Alexander, Arnold, yeah. Trent is one. Trent is one. So, look, Wade takes the question right. because he's got two out of three. The third one is going to be Wade. I don't Rooney. think I'd have guessed nah. that one. 
Yeah. All right. Between 2013 and 2020, I topped the Premier League charts for the following. Most goals outside Kevin of the Bruyne. box. Harry most Kane. Assists and most chances. Kevin De Bruyne. And Harry most Kane. chances created. Who am I? James Madison. Not Harry Kane, not Kevin De Bruyne. 2013 to 2000 what? And 20. I topped the Premier League charts for most goals outside the box, most assists, and I created Bruno the most Fernandes? chances. Who am I? Can't be Bruno. No way. He wasn't in there in 2013. <laughs> Bruno Fernandes yeah. only joined in 2013. Uh, <laughs> what? Bernardo Silva hasn't been there that long. Bernardo Silva? No. One matter. Do I need to give a clue? Can't be. No. Threw that out there. Harry no. Kane? No, so he, he did play, play for Spurs. Spurs. Or he did play for Spurs. So he's not playing anymore. He did play for Spurs. Deli Ali. <laughs> not for Spurs anymore. Luka no. Modric? No. Uh, no. Christian Eriksen? Oh, I thought no. it was for a second. No. Ah, he is playing. He's playing oh, for Brentford. It is Christian Eriksen. He's at Brentford. <laughs> What's the score there? He's playing nice. for Brentford. Yeah, he doesn't play for Spurs anymore, but he's thinks so. What is going to come? I love the quick hits, boy. This is my questions. jam. Are you on fire, this one? What's on Wade? Five. <laughs> All right. We, oh, so yeah, he's on five, and I'm on two. We've had seven questions, and you won't. Shit! So I got to get these next That's three good. in a row. So you got three to eat. I'm just gonna make. I'm just gonna cut Wade off and put him on mute. <laughs> <laughs> Who was named the Premier League Player of the Month know. for January? <laughs> <laughs> I hate the segment. Go back to the previous boy. one. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> who, who was the January Manager of the Month? Klopp. Um, no. Pep. Tuchel. Not no. Pep. Not Klopp. Can't be surely. Steven Gerrard. I'm just yeah, throwing out names. Same, Whatever the Wolves manager's name is. Conte. Uh, Bruno Lodge. Okay. Ah, there Lodge. we go. It is Bruno Lodge. I'll give, I'll give, I don't know if I should give him yeah, a full well, point. I can't come back anyway. Final question. Who did Lampard appoint as his oh, first team uh, coach? Uh, Ashley Cole. Yes, it was Cole. Well, at least I got two Ashley more than Cole. last week, so I'm moving in the right direction. <laughs> That was a closer oh, one. Just four to six. Oh, oh, oh man, I want to throw up. Absolute magic, the segment. He <laughs> goes back into the lead by one point. It's neck and neck. <laughs> it's neck and neck. <laughs> it is neck and neck. Um, and this, this segment, in terms of just the team, mate. He's definitely on fire with that segment, so I'll give him that much. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of guess the... The team, mate. Mm. Connell's been actually on fire with this one. So um, let's see if we can continue in that vein. All right. This hang is on, hang on. Let's just prefix Alexander this before Song. we go. Currently mm. playing mm. in the Premier League. Yes, still currently playing, yes. Okay, good. Because at least then no. we can broaden our spectrum. And of course, no international teammates. Okay, okay. cool. No international teammates. All right. Alexander Song. 
Elvaro Negredo, Eli Sissoko, Andres Iniesta, Callum Chambers, Carlos Puyol, Lionel Messi, Cesc Fabregas. Nope. Yeah, true. true. I think he has played in the Premier League. Yeah. This player has played in the Premier League. It's not Ob- It's not Obama, yeah. Charles and Zogbia. No. Charles and Zogbia. Thomas Romano. Connor Cody. No. Danny Alves. Daniel Ayala. Daniel Podence. Diego Jota. Fabio. Ferran Torres. Danny Alves. Gabriel Egbongloho. No, he said oh, Alves. Not Danny Alves. Oh, yeah. and, he he, and he didn't play in the Premier League. Gaston Ramirez. Gerard Piquet. Idrissa Gay. Jack Grealish. Adama Traore. Javier Mascherano. Yes, it is Adama Traore. It is Adama Traore. <laughs> it is Adama Traore. Wait. has taken a two-point lead. Oh, my God. Carlos I'll finish off Carlos that clapping because I only played where off can, Oh, okay. So, he played with Song when he was at Barcelona back then. I was thinking, where did he yeah. play with Alex Song? Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Barcelona. Yeah. He went to Aston Villa. Um, he went to Middlesbrough. Yeah, I got Barca. I thought I was thinking Arsenal as well because you said Callum Chambers. Callum Chambers. Wow. Callum Chambers See, I don't know. Yeah, that's that's news to me. So yeah, okay. I got the Wolves connection yeah. as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where you signed him from. We signed him from. Um, yeah, we signed him from you... Southampton. Was it Southampton? All right. Um, I don't know if you guys watched that. Um, Mm-mm. Barcelona, Atletico Madrid game or not. Um, so Adama Traore actually played really well and sets up a really good goal, which is why he was in front of my mind to to do in, in this week's guest the teammate. Um, but what was actually phenomenal was the oh, cinematography. I don't know if you've seen La Liga's cinematography, but wow, it was impressive. It was. At, at some points in that game, I actually wow. felt like I was watching a PlayStation. It's that um, new. It's that new camera from the NFL that is. It is ludicrous when they go in on the players. Is it the one that gets up close. Yeah, it's crazy. Really close. It's yeah. It's it's. Mm. It, I'll yeah, I'll send you cool. a clip. Wait, it, it was it was actually phenomenal. It was actually phenomenal. But a really good game by um, Barcelona. So. You know, if there's any team that looks more more of a shambles than United at the moment is Atletico Madrid, and then in a few they're weeks playing time, each other, they'll end up chowing us. So I actually read an article on that that particular yeah. camera on Football 365 where they were talking about its incorporation into the, you know football and the Premier League, and so I don't think it'll be long before we do see it. It makes um the celebrations apparently like ten times more intense, kind of thing. Um. Yeah, it's full on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll get a clip uh, from from Ko, and I'll um I'll find one yeah, with the nice. goal, and um, awesome. I'll send it through. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I guess that brings us to an end of another episode of What the Football Podcast. By the time we come back next week, we are going to have a bucket load of games to go through. Of course, there's the midweek fixtures followed by the weekend fixtures, and we will have a 
redress, of course, of the of the Premier League table. It's been a pleasure bringing you another episode. It's episode 19. It's season four. It's your host, Conway T, my co-host, Rods and Wade, enjoying every minute of our show. Of course, you can catch us on all the socials. Don't forget Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And, of course, you can catch every single episode on our Podbean podcast and, of course, Apple Podcasts. Until next week, we'll catch you then and enjoy the football as it comes in again. Until then, thanks, guys. Mm-hmm.